life, not others, with Tim Hoover and Steve Mittman. Our special guest on the show this week is Tony Gregoli. The interview you're about to hear was recorded almost six years ago. It's been sitting in our archives, and we just haven't aired it yet. However, I'm glad we haven't aired it yet because I think it's more timely than ever before for several reasons. Number one, the last few episodes we've been talking about the ripple effect. For every action, there is a reaction. If you don't like the results you're getting, change the action. If you don't like the ripple, so to speak, jump out of the pond. In Tony's situation, he literally crossed the pond to the United States to create a better life for his family. And that brings up reason number two. No matter what is going on, no matter how bad things may appear with COVID, with politics, with social unrest, etc., we in the U.S. still live in the greatest country on earth. Don't ever doubt that. There's a reason people risk everything to come here. And if you were born here, don't take that for granted. Number three, we always talk about fear and courage, adversity and consistency. You'll hear all of those applied in real life, real life decisions, real life consequences, real life impact. Everything in life is about decisions. Choices we make, choices have consequences, and decisions can be frightening. But you know what? By not choosing, you are choosing. You are choosing to take what is handed to you then. Tony took charge and made a decision. He made many decisions, as you'll hear. He practiced what we call CEE. He decided what it was he wanted. He committed, that's the C. He executed his plans, that's the first E in CEE. And then he evaluated and adjusted according to the results he was getting. Evaluate is the final E in CEE. Now, one last thing before I play the interview. Frank Gregoli is my best friend. He's like a brother to me. He's my age. He's my peer. Yet he's got years of wisdom over me. And I'm talking street smarts, practical knowledge, true wisdom. I've learned so much from him being in my life. And one of the reasons Frank is wise beyond his years is because of his father, Tony. Now, you can listen to this and you can hear Tony and you'll hear his broken English at times, he may even be a little hard to understand. But I assure you, the core concepts of what he conveys is absolute gold. It stood the test of time in the real world. It's old school. It's battle-tested. And it's what is needed more these days, now more than ever. Listen to this not once, but two, three, and even more times to absorb what Tony says. Because there are many lessons you can learn from him. He's a highly respected man. He's a very smart man. He's a spiritual man, a good man, a good husband, a good father, grandfather, businessman, and mentor. And I'm privileged to know him. Listen to Tony's story. My name's Tim Hoover. The show is called Attack Life, Not Others. The point of origin is from the martial arts. Um, the idea that as we step in the dojo, we are taught from the beginning that uh, we work on the mind, the body, and the spirit. And that's been in me since I've been 16 years old. And um, until a friend of mine uh, a little while ago asked me to, to start doing this, I didn't realize how much it had affected my life, that um, I look at these three things every day. And I realized that not everybody does. That doesn't make me better than anybody else, but it just tells me that maybe I can help others, and that's what this show's all about. So um, I'm excited because I got a guy here who goes pretty far back with me. Um, but in a way, I didn't really know him 
until just a few weeks ago, and I'll tell you why. What happened was two of the boys that started training with me when they were young pups, when they were young kids, uh, eight, nine years old, um, Frankie Gregoli and Steve Mittman, they started young and they started uh, training hard and they've been in my life ever since. I called them and asked them if they wanted to go out for lunch. And um, we sat down and we had this great conversation. We took some time. Nobody was in a rush. And Frankie uh, said, hey, listen, um, my dad might come over and join us. I said, boy, that'd be great. You know, I never spent enough time with him. And, and it would be great to uh, just talk and, and chat with him a little bit. So sure enough, he shows up. And we sit down and start to have conversation. And he says, look, he says, I got to go in five minutes. Well, an hour later, we're still there hanging out. And some of the most interesting things were discussed. And most importantly, the thing that moved me, and that's what this show is all about, is his story. This story inspired me so much that I went home and told my wife, I told my kids, and I'm probably going to tell my students who train with me today because it's in the mental attitude. And when I go back to a martial arts point of view, it's the flight or fight syndrome that every one of us deals with every day. Do we stand up? Do we pay the bills? Do we take care of our kids? Do we move forward or do we just stop and start going backwards? And the minute we give up, the minute we start slipping back, we give up, the hole gets bigger. And so I found this story to be incredible because it started a long time ago. And now he's all upset because he doesn't, he's not used to this. And we had to lock the door behind him uh, to keep him here. I have his son sitting alongside of him. You need to hear the story. And I think the story will make a difference in your life like it did in mine. And the thing that drew me into the story was the first thing he said to me. He said, my dad would send me into town, the village, to get food. Am I correct? Yes. And he said his dad would not eat the meat. Once a week, we usually, like, you know, on the table, we have a meat. Right. And the thing is, my father used to go to the butcher shop and get the meat. And um, then on the table, the meat we have is for just me and my sister. So I uh, saw so my father, like, you know, had a different things to eat. And I asked him so many times, I said, why don't you eat the, the meat? And I said, no, I don't like that much. It's just you guys eat the meat. No, I'm good. So there you go. Uh, the first thing in, in this story is sacrifice. You know, I think about the words selfish and selfless. So he was selfless. So he gave you uh, the meat, and he did not partake in the meat. No, no, because uh, at that time, the money was uh, not enough to just for eat everything, the, like meat. It was expenses at that time. Yeah. And you lived in a small house? Very small. For us, at that time, there was more than enough. And what I realized, my father, they ate different things, like, you know, not, not what we eat. So I realized that this is, uh, I don't know, something wrong. I was a little one. I was eight, nine years old when the, this, I started to realize what kind of, you know, this is the life, what kind of life we got. But we happy at that time. Whatever we have, it was enough. So... Now, this was what time? Maybe 1952, 1953, something like that, no, right? 56 to 57. Okay. So how did you end up going to the market to, to start picking up the food for your dad instead of him going? What happened? He said you'd go down and get, you know, bring home the food once a week? Once a week, yes. And you were eight or nine years old? Yes, once what, a week. And what happened next? No, next I started growing a little bit. I was a 12, 13 years old. He told me, you know, what do we do? I buy you a bicycle, and you start to work. You start to, start to go to the market, get some fruit, to go to sell. 
<laughs> the bicycle I have, it's nothing. That thing, it was all steel. That was just for work, not for play. But you told me that you had to have a basket in the front or something like that? Yeah, that this... And on both sides of the bicycle on the back, that we build up this frame, like, you know, something if we put a, a bushel tomato, bushel um, apple, bushel this, and go around the town and start selling. Okay. By pond, which, you know, a little bit of time make some money. So basically, you went to the market, you picked up food for yourself, and then you picked up food to sell in the, yes. in the particular village. Yes. Was, it, was a, it a small village at the time? You know, Not a, not a real small, not real big. That's a small town. Small, small town. town. So what you did is you saw your father and you saw opportunity. You got a bicycle. You started pedaling around. It wasn't a bike for fun. It was a bike no. for work. You brought the food home, and you were able to sell some food and make some money. Yes, that's the way I started. I started that way. I started making a little bit. And then since then, I started asking my father. I said, look, the bicycle, it's not enough anymore. I wanted something else, like for me to go to the market and get more fruit, more stuff, and make a little bit more, bring more money home. Right. This time, I got a little motorcycle, but not motorcycle was not like now. Motorcycle, we build up with this frame on the back, get a more a weight, more thing like, you know, more fruit, and keep going. Go do the same thing and make a little bit more. So you had like uh, some kind of like saddlebags in the back that you could, you made some kind of contraption you could pick yes, up. Yes, you figure we can put a lot of like 150 kilo in the back. And keep going. I go in a different town this time. Instead of going my town, yeah. go far and go do, like, you know, different things, making more, making a little bit of more money. So now you take it a step more and you go, okay, so I can go out of the village. I can go to more places. Now yes. I have a motorbike. I have a place for the food. I can sell more. But what happened? You, you made more money. Yes, I'm making more money. And in the meantime, I was 15 years old. And, uh, and I started to grow really, really fast. And so my father at that time said, are you doing it? I said, I'm doing good. But then I said, I want it different. I want something like, I don't want to, I want something like a little truck or something. Because, you know, I needed to make more money. But at that time, I told the truth. My father said, this time you needed more money. I don't think we got this nothing money for you to get under, under that kind of situation. So what happened? What happened? I said, no, what about I got the money? <laughs> so you said you have the money. Yes. So after now. That How do you get the money? No, what about I got it. You had the money. And you I, bought, what'd you buy a truck? I buy like a little truck. You can put a lot of cases of stuff. Wouldn't even just do anything. You just go around the town anywhere you want it and make a little bit of extra money again. Yeah. So here you go. Starts out on a bicycle. You go to a motorcycle. When you get to the motorcycle, now you go to other towns. Yes. All of a sudden, you need something bigger because the business is growing. Yes. You go to your dad and say, I want to get something bigger. I need to get a truck. He says, I don't have the money. And you say, I do. I'll pay for it. I had a money on the side because a little bit at a time when I had the motorcycle, it's what I give it all the money I make it. Instead of like, you know, I give it everything to my mom. I put something on the side. And I put it like, you know, a little bit at a time. When my, I, my father told me, what, is, what are you going to get the money? I went on my, I went on my jacket. I said, look, over here in the, in the closet. So now you get the truck and what happens? After that, I started really, you know, be comfortable a little bit. Because, you know, even if it would rain, 
Oh. You were on the motorcycle. Uh-huh. Would, right? uh-huh. Oh, uh-huh. man. Jeez. Yeah. You know, bicycle, motorcycle, you can expect anything. All the time you run. So with the truck, you have protection. You're out of the weather. Yes. To did, me, you, did your territory get bigger then? Did you? Oh, yes. So I bigger? started to get bigger a little bit. Not big, big like, you know, but I was pretty comfortable. So you were making some money. Yes. Before we get off that, because there's a funny story here, I think, with uh, a chuckle here. But bottom line is, this kid starts out nine years old. His dad says, you got to go to the village, you know, pick up some stuff at the market. And then and, uh, maybe you can make a couple bucks on the side. So th- there's the opportunity. It could have stayed there, but it didn't. It went from a bicycle to a motorcycle to a truck. And it went from a, a small village and then outside of that and the business grew. And it grew because of hard work opportunity and seeing that it was there. All he had to do was put his guts into it. And you did. But then at the end of the day, you used to save your money where? I used to save my money like I put it on the side. Yeah, but you put it some in, in some shirt pocket or something like that. You told me about the dry cleaner story. Oh, you want to know that? Yeah, yeah. I need, I need to hear that because that's what's so funny about this. This was really before before the truck, before I got the truck. This is before you got the truck. Yes. The thing is, one night I came from work, like, you know, after I, you know, I went running town. And I had a money on the side, which I wanted to jump my jacket inside the closet. So every night when I had some extra money, I just go put a little bit of sand, I go put a money on the jacket. So on that night, I had a little bit of money for me to go there. So I went on my jacket. There's no jacket on the closet. I said, what the hell is going on? Oh, man. I said, Mom, it was the jacket. And she said, oh, yes, I bring to the dry cleaner. Dry cleaner. Oh, man. <laughs> dry cleaner. She she figured it out something wrong. It was something wrong. I said, "Why? What was going on? No, nothing. You don't worry about it. And it was the dry cleaner. What dry cleaner you bring to it? So she told me the place. So <laughs> so I went downstairs. My mama looked him in the face. I said, "What what was going on? You had a money on you? I said, "Hey, my just a little bit. It wasn't not a, not <laughs> much. I was for me. It was a lot of money. If I would have told my mom." The money I had it over there. <laughs> she would have had a heart attack. She would have had a heart attack for yeah. sure. So I went to this place. Yes, he said to me, "My the jacket is not even ready yet." I said, "That's okay. I just want to see something. Would you give it to me, please?" Anyway, he gave me the jacket back. I put the, uh, my my hand on the pocket. I got the money <laughs> right there. So. So you got the money back. I got the money back. Yeah, it was a close call. This was the money for me to buy the truck. That's right. And then you got the truck, and then after that, you continued to do the thing. Continued that you, to do, and then, you know, you know, life goes on. And then um, I was on 20, 24 years old when I got married after that. I was thinking, like, you know, come in the United States. We got to leave this country because that's not a not for me. I love my country. But the thing, it was not enough. And that time, not enough work for me to grow family over there. Right. So you came to the land of opportunity. Yes. Came to the United States and you settled in a little town called Northampton, Pennsylvania. Uh, it was with my son, nine months old when he, when he came in. So you're saying Frankie was actually born in Italy. Yes. See, again, something I, I didn't know. So he was born in Italy. So when you came here, did you come right to the Northampton area then? No, I went to Brooklyn. You went to Brooklyn. From Brooklyn, we went to... Erie, Pennsylvania. Okay. Then from Erie, we went to Northampton. Then you decided to open a pizza shop. Me and my brother-in-law, we decided to get a place already open. Okay. 
1982, we got this place in Northampton. Okay. And then St- after that, we still there. You stayed there, and now it's it's a you know that particular uh, pizza shop is so well known. It's got such a great reputation, uh, good food, and that's where you raised your family. You created success. Um, some of your kids did go back to Italy, right? Yes. Yeah. The but, two girls. Yeah, and you're stuck with your, your ugly son here. Yes, Raya is next to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's taken over the business now, right? Yes. So to speak. Frankie started sometime in, in the mid-'80s and came up the hill to the karate school. Yeah, That's Frank, how I got to know him. Yes, yeah. Frankie started very young. He was six years old when I put it right in the middle, just get this, do that. Just a little bit of him to get involved in the business. You mean as far as starting to work? Yes. Yeah. And see, that's the thing, and that's why I thought it would be really important to bring Tony on, because I just heard the story a couple of weeks ago, and I thought, what a great mindset, uh, just to talk about the mental attitude that you have to have about, about winning, about, you know, your dreams and following your dreams through. I mean, over in, even over in Italy, um, even though he created opportunity and he stepped it up through the bicycle to the motorcycle to the truck, when he got married, it still wasn't enough, and he decided to come over here. He comes over here, he starts in Erie. Pennsylvania is still not enough. Ends up in Northampton, Pennsylvania. Has a place now that everybody knows is, is one of the best places in the area. He raises his family and did really well for himself. And he's, he's 66 years old now. And he's just, you know, stepping back a little bit and watching his son take over. But, the, you know, the individual, I mean, all that stuff is wrapped up in the, in the core of the man here. And he treats his family that way, his business that way, his friends that way, his village that way. And because of that mindset, it gave opportunity to other people. And that is what this story is all about. That's what the show is all about. It's not a show to say, do it this way or do it that way. It's just a show to give you an idea and hear a story that might inspire you. In, in the time that I've spent in the martial arts studying the mind, the body, and the spirit, I meet um, very few people that have all three. Some people are very scholastic. They're very educated. Uh, some people are very uh, deep into their faith. Uh, and some people are physical gurus. With a man, they're just like ripped and in total shape. But there's very, very few people that practice all three. And he does. And so does his family. And I have the utmost respect for him. And I know this was hard for you to get here. I actually talked to Steve earlier today, see if we could do this, or last night. And I was surprised that you even decided that you might be interested. I wasn't even sure you were going to show up until the last five minutes. <laughs> I know. But, you know, I just think it's just great. And, and um, I just really want to thank you for just sharing the story and, and just being brave enough to come in here and do something that you're probably not comfortable doing. No, that's all right. Um, that's, that's what it's all about. So thanks, Tony. Is there anything else you want to say? No, nothing. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to say nothing <laughs> So you're done. All I'm right. done. I'm done. <laughs> all right. Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate it. We'll talk no to you problem, soon. No problem. No problem. Thank you for listening to Attack Life, Not Others. Subscribe to our podcast. And for more on our way of life through the martial arts, go to hooverkarate.com. This has been a Steve Mittenin social media creation. Creation, creation. Steve Mittenin social media.com.